Here we go, everyone. Welcome to the show. So today we're going to talk about two phrases that are used interchangeably and should not be. Uh, Those two phrases have wildly different impacts on the situation when used and different consequences, different outcomes. Uh, Those two phrases are you're in charge versus you are accountable. All right. So hope you enjoy it. Also, check out AboveAverageLeadership.com. That's where you're going to find the blog that inspired this episode. Also, check me out on YouTube. I always do a quick version of the the lesson, whatever your, the takeaway is from the blog and the podcast on there. So check it out there. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. Here we go. <laughs> Make it happen. We're going to give it another shot. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll just own it. The cat interrupted the first three or two attempts at even opening the show. Right. Yeah. So she was, she was all up in yeah. our business. <laughs> and she's neither things that we're discussing today. Cause what we're discussing today is the difference between in charge and accountable. And the difference is my, is huge. Yes. Um, and I don't think people understand that there is a drastic difference. I don't think when people go, Hey, you're in charge. Right. That they understand the psychological effect that has on the person that they just said that to. Right. And then the really overarching impact it's going to have on the person that you've just left them, quote, in charge of. <laughs> right. You um, just dropped the weight of the world on the person and everyone else. And it's it's not even the thing that, that you know, at least the way I look at it, when you say you're in charge, mm-hmm. right? For the person who hears that, it's not even the guy, they go, oh gosh, I've got so much to do now. And I've got, it's so much pressure. Right. What they hear is, I'm the ruler. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm the overlord of this operation. Right. And you all bow to my will. Yes. Which you describe perfectly in the blog. Yeah. There's a, a pretty good example of it in there. <laughs> right. But it's like, even, you know, if you were to to take it apart from someone saying you're in charge right. versus you are accountable mm-hmm. and just say the words yourself. Like I want to be in charge. Right. Because then you, you get this picture of yourself with a scepter and a crown. Right. I'm in charge. <laughs> now, if you say the word, I want to be accountable. And then all of a sudden, that's totally the, different. Right? The picture in my head is like this disheveled person collecting papers and, and trying to make everything perfect for everyone with an explanation that will be reasonable for all the actions that have gone on. And I think the reason it's a problem today and particularly, you know, what I write on is, is very business centric, but um, it applies, you know, the analogy I use has nothing to do with business. Right. (laughs) Um, But the problem is, you know, there's so many people in the world now, I I think maybe it's always been the issue. It probably (laughs) has, but they don't understand the fundamental difference between the two. Like they want to be a leader to be in charge. To be in charge. Right. Right. There's vying for the power of in charge, but none of the onus of right. what the actions have to be. And and I don't think the term in charge was ever meant to convey what it conveys now. No. I think it was always, not. you know, you've been charged with this task. That's where in charge came from. Right. 
but the meaning behind in charge has been lost right. over centuries of use. And now it just means I'm the boss. Right. I boss is so stupid. I'll just say that <laughs> I'm the boss. Right. Are you, are you the boss? <laughs> because guess what? You're not everywhere. Like no. stop that. Right. Don't do that. I'm the boss. No, you're not. Right. Anyway, maybe you are, maybe you are where you're at. Maybe you don't work for anyone. Right. But if you're at the top of whatever company that produces whatever widget and you go, I'm the boss, I don't work for anyone. Yeah, you do. You work for your customers, killer. Right. No one's the boss. Okay. No right. one's the boss. Right. And on that parental level, right. You're the boss. Sure. But your whole life is tailored to what your children need. <laughs> but even there, you know, there we could have countless examples of the difference. Right. And so we've talked about already like what in charge does. In charge makes you think. I'm the boss. You listen to me. You do what I say. And if, if, if you don't, there's consequences. Right. Like that is not the intent. No. Okay. And so that's, you know, the huge difference with you're accountable. Right. That's what a leader wants to be, should want to be anyway. That's right. what a good leader needs to be. Yes. And accountability doesn't just mean, you know, you're going to get the job done. Right. In charge can get the job done. <laughs> in charge of the job done almost 90% of the time, right. you know, unless there's just complete anarchy and they revolt, which is a <laughs> right. huge thing that happens when you're in charge. In charge. Um, accountable means everything. Right. Like, and, and it's your responsibility exactly. to be accountable as a leader. It's your yeah. responsibility. Yeah. Well, if you look up accountable in the dictionary, it says required or expected to justify actions or decisions then responsible, liable, answerable, under charge of, or bound to obey. I didn't even know you wrote those down, but what a great tie-in. <laughs> Good job, team. Um, but it's true. So, like, you know, the example that I'll use quickly because, you know, I think it it translates to both and mm -hmm. in all things, but attendance, okay? Mm -hmm. Attendance in the business world is arguably the largest problem set that they face on a daily basis. Yes. Um, because, and we've been over some of the reasons why attendance fails mm -hmm. and suffers. Right. And it's generally a leadership thing, unfortunately. <laughs> right. People show up for people they like. Right. Uh, right. Or that treat them fairly. Exactly. Um, they will bend over backwards, try to reshuffle situations that have come up in their own lives to be present when they have said they would be there. And, you know, when it comes to the, the attendance, when it, when someone's in charge mm -hmm. is very much, I'm in charge to be here. Cause I said so. Right. And if you're not here, cause I said, so you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. <laughs> and you know what? You are probably well within your parameters right. to write that person up, to right. start wagging your in charge finger and. Tell them how wrong they are and how right. everyone suffered and almost failed or did fail because of you. Okay. And that's what you do when you're in charge. Cool story. Right. I'll tell you the big difference when you're accountable mm -hmm. and I will use my own life experience. So as a leader in the military, you have formation several times a day. Guess what these formations are called? What are they called? Accountability formations. Oh. <laughs> and on the surface, people go, oh, that's, you count them. You make sure they're there. Yeah, that's part of it. Right. <laughs> but that would be a counting formation. Right. This is accountability mm -hmm. formation. And so 
what is expected at accountability formation? Like when I was a platoon sergeant and I stood in front of my platoon and the first sergeant says, fall in, mm -hmm. he's going to say the magic words report <laughs> before those words come out of his mouth. I have to know who's here. Who's not here. If they're not here, where are they? How long have they been there? How long will they be there? What happened to put them there? Anything we can do to get them out of there? Someone we need to call to help them. I have to know all these things right. before he says report. Right. And so much, in fact. So that's why if you're accountable, you better back plan your day, some killer. <laughs> right. Because you're going to have to have a hot 20 minutes to figure out where they're at. Right. Right. You have to have the time to track them down or know somebody who knows exactly what's going on or get them on the phone or all the different avenues. And so... What is the difference then just right there? The first thing we pick out between in charge and accountable. Accountable takes work right. on the leader's part. Yeah. Accountable takes you knowing people. You know, it's it's not a big deal for me to stand in front of 60 people for three days and on day four, one's missing. and I know exactly who's missing. Mm -hmm. But you've got, quote, leaders in the workplace today who are in charge of 10 and they couldn't tell you five of their names. Right. Right. That's unacceptable. <laughs> and if you're dealing with attendance from an in-charge perspective, it's consequence-based. Right. And so then that promotes an entire, like, environment of fear. Right. And so much, in fact, that you will allow big deals in your personal life to suffer because you're afraid of what's going to happen if you miss work. Right. Like, that is, you know deep toxicity right there because you're in charge right well and it puts a person in a place where they have to choose that there's there's no there's no solution that could be met in the middle they have to choose between the consequences of work or the consequences of not dealing with whatever the issue would that takes them out of work right. is. and you know human nature goes well you know something's going to get screwed up anyway right. so i may as well still have money if right. something's screwed up right and, and, but, it, but that's the thing is at some point, a lot of people start to go, well, my leader doesn't care about me. My leader isn't interested in what's going on with me. My leader is not compassionate or sympathetic or listening even. So maybe I'm going to try letting that suffer and see if I can get this other stuff right. handled. Right. Oh yeah. And, Eventually and it, they'll go, well, they don't care anyway. So screw it. Right. So, and it doesn't, there's no conversation about it. It's just call in, call in, call in. Or they don't. Or right. Or no call, no show. Right. And that's a problem too. And the difference with accountability is, you know, the environment it creates is much different. Right. Um, so like, Again, I'll use the military example because it, it's it's one of the few places on the planet that I've experienced that does it right. Right. The and, systems that they have in place actually work. And I know what you're thinking. Travis, how do you know it's right? Because it worked. <laughs> right. Okay. Over and over again. For like a couple hundred years. And not only that, but in, in our life experience within the military, um, different installations, different you know places across the country, across the world, it continued to work. And it, you know... People think it's it's not that serious. It is 100% that serious. Look, if if I went to someone and I said, hey, you know, hey, squad leader, hey, platoon sergeant, where's so-and-so? And they were like, oh, they're not here. Then I would go, well, yeah, where are they? Right. I can see that. And I'm telling you, if 
Or if a first starter or somebody, a sergeant major came to me and said, hey, where's so-and-so? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, they're not here. And they're like, well, where are they? If I don't know the answer to that question, right. I'm in a lot of trouble. It's not like, oh, well, you better find out. No, it's what, what I mean, oh, good Lord. If it's 9 a.m., if right. you've waited till 9 a.m. and you still don't know where this person is, you're toast, dude. <laughs> right. You're toast. What have you or, been doing for the if, last five hours? Right, and if you've made no effort to try to, to find where this person is or hear what the story right. is. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there are circumstances sometimes where you just can't get a hold of them. Right. You know, we've tried, we've tried, and then, but you better be ready to pull your phone out and go, look, here's right. the 12 times I've called them and they aren't answering right. over the last five hours. Right, 12 calls, 10 texts. We had a, another friend try to call them. Yeah, we've got someone going by their house or their barracks room. Right. Like you've started, you are doing your best, right. but it just saying, I don't know. That's not an option. It's not acceptable. Right. And, and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be acceptable anywhere as a leader. If you don't know, cause look, I've seen it on the civilian side, right? Mm-hmm. I had somebody who worked with me and we're habitually late every day, mm-hmm. you know, and we're not talking a little late. We're talking like two, three hours late. Right. And this was a crucial employee. Like we needed them there. Mm-hmm. And yet, just not calling, no contact, nothing. Right. Finally, I get this person on the phone. I'm like, where are you? Mm-hmm. I don't have a ride. I'm like, you live five minutes from here. <laughs> yeah. I'll come get you. Right. This person was trying to get to work, mm-hmm. but they couldn't get anyone to come get them. <laughs> but because they were not familiar with an environment of someone caring enough to figure out where they are. That they were just, it's just not here and that's fine. And you'll just be in trouble tomorrow. Right. They never thought to be like, Hey, can you come grab me? Cause I'd much rather come make money than sit here trying to get a cab to spend it. Right. And be stressed out because you know that the clock is ticking and the, you know, the bad marks against your name are starting to add up and, and you know, I'm not saying you're the, the new taxi for your workers. That's not what I'm saying. No. But had I not figured that out, because then what can I do? We can figure out ways to mitigate it in the future. Cause I know there's a problem that didn't go away today. Right. We just, we just got you here. Now we've got some stuff to figure out. Right. Because if you don't do that and then things are failing around you and your leader comes to you and says, where is so-and-so or why is everything failing? Right. And your reason, and it very well may be because that person isn't here. Mm Mm-hmm. Then you go, who are they? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, so you're just letting it fail. You're doing right. nothing to fix the problem. Right. And you're just, the message that it gives is that it's not important enough to you to, to even track down and it where your critical workers are. Just give that message to your boss. It gives that to the employees. Right. That you just don't care. Right. They watch and see how you deal with other people. And then when they have a situation come up, they apply that to their own lives and go, Oh, well, there's nothing that can be done or, you know, they're going to be mad regardless. And, you know, another one of the, the key components that this will achieve aside from, you know, mitigating, because look, I, I had a, I will tell a story because that's (laughs) what I do. And this is a story about accountability. Mm -hmm. There was a guy who I won't say his name, Mm-hmm. But you're smiling already. I know. Because you know exactly what story I'm about to tell. <laughs> I do. <laughs> we were about to deploy again. Mm-hmm. I think we're maybe a month out, if that. Mm-hmm. And there was this kid who was a great kid. Mm-hmm. Like, great personality, funny dude. Um, 
silly, you know, mm-hmm. just seemed like a, a great new soldier. Mm-hmm. And one morning he's not at PT formation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So send the guys to look for him. Hey, two of you go knock on his door. See if you find him. Mm-hmm. I'll start call- making phone calls. Right. Mm-hmm. Beforehand, everyone starts calling him because we know he's not going to make it to formation. This is, this starts 20 minutes before right. those two magic words have fallen. Right. 20 minutes prior, I come out of the meeting like, where's he at? Still don't know. Okay. Well, as soon as formation's over, two of you run down to his room, check to see if you can find where he's at. I'm going to have another leader keep calling. The rest of us will go do PT. So the entire time we are searching, we are actively doing everything we can to find this kid. Because mm-hmm. it's not like him. Right. Right? All right. So <laughs> finally, at about 9 a.m., we still haven't gotten a hold of him. I get a hold of the barracks NCO and I say, hey, look, I need to get into Fuzzy's room because <laughs> I don't know where he's at and no one's seen or heard from him since last night. So we need to make sure he's not in there hurt. Right. right. So it's never we're going to find this kid. He's going to be in trouble. Right. We're going to nail him to the wall. It's something must be going on. We are looking for them because we care about the human being. Like right. that is I, one of the biggest takeaways. Yeah. I care about the human being. Right. Right. Go into his room. He's got like the cure playing <laughs> on repeat, which is already like, that's a bad sign. Right. <laughs> and so we're like, oh no, I hope he's not in here dead, you know. Right. Pre-deployment, freaked right. out, young kid. He's not, but he has taken the liberty of like shredding his class A's with scissors. Gosh. And then he has drawn, okay, not paper mache, <laughs> not molded out of clay, not even tinfoil. This child has drawn on a piece of paper, a picture of a face, (laughs) but like you would see in fifth grade art class and two little hands also (laughs) drawn to make it look like someone's laying under the covers. (laughs) To this day, I don't know if he was doing it to be funny or if he was like, that'll get him. Right, or if it was like, come in here and just think he's asleep. <laughs> right. This isn't Alcatraz. Like, we're not, we can tell that's not a human. Right. At any rate, he's not there. Three mm-hmm. days. Right. Three days looking for this kid after that. Right. With with some amount of panic that was happening. When right. You, when so you now it's twofold. Now it's, like you know, look, if, it's not uncommon. Right. Near military installations for, and at this time in particular, because mm-hmm. the sentiment for the war was changing drastically. Yes. And there were soldiers getting attacked mm-hmm. by, you know, super, super liberal people who hated the war and thought that, you know, private so-and-so can do anything about right, it. Right, that they were going to have some effect. And in fact, in the months leading up to this, there had been a couple soldiers killed. Right. And so there's real concern for his safety. Mm-hmm. And... The cure mixed with the crazy picture and the class A's, like there's a little concern for his mental health too. Right. So we are, it's never like when, you know, as any leader might do in that scenario, like when he gets here, I'm going to kill him, you know, just because (laughs) of the complete ass pain that's been caused from this (laughs) really crazy scenario. Right. Long story longer, (laughs) three days, he rematerializes, Mm. just shows back up. Right. Like. Hello. <laughs> and your knee jerk is to be like, you, but we right. stopped and we're like, what the heck? <laughs> What's going on? And so I remember I pulled in my office and, you know, I was like, what in the world guy? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I was terrified. I was scared. Yeah. I was like, yeah, 
well, it's because we're going to war. And it's a right. little scary, buddy. Right. Everybody feels that way. <laughs> I was like, I've been, and I'm still like, eh, it's right. gonna, it's gonna suck. Right. You know, they're gonna shoot at us and blow us up. Like, right. right. They have bad intentions for us. And he was, he went on to be amazing in the mm. platoon. He was the platoon leader's RTO that like we talked about in the last episode. That's a, right. a high it's stress job. Job. And it can't fail. And he was great. <laughs> right. And, you know, he did his time. He got out honorably. No big deal. Right. But it was such an easy problem to solve. Yes. And because he was unfamiliar with the environment, unfamiliar with the leadership, he didn't know he could just be like, hey, I'm really freaked out. Right. And we would have gone, oh, no. Because as an organization, we're all accountable. Mm-hmm. We're not in charge. Right. We're accountable. Not just for the mission, but for each other. And so had that kid come to any leader in that organization and said, I'm scared Mm -hmm. as an accountable leader, they would have gone, well, hold on. First of all, understandable. Right. We're going to war. Let's talk about it. Second of all, like, do you want to talk to me about it? Do you want to go talk to a mental health professional? Do you want to go talk to the chaplain? Do you want to, we would have laid out a whole buffet of resources for this kid. Right. And it would have been solved. Right. And then the other thing is, you know, where you guys are coming from, too, in that organization, if he had needed a couple of days, like, I have to go home and see my parents before I leave, or I have to, whatever, there would have been some sort of, you know, solution. Even if it was a no. Right. We would have figured out a something. There would have been something. It's never just, I mean, very rarely, you know, unless we're actively being shot at, it's never just suck it up. (laughs) you know (laughs) we all say oh just suck it up but the reality is there's there is a program in place for everything yes here's what's crazy though so like let's we'll do a little results for that right Mm -hmm. so he went on to be awesome right did great things for us over there Mm -hmm. won a couple of awards Mm -hmm. right um because when he came back and realized that his leadership was accountable Mm -hmm. it immediately like huge new surge of buy-in right like, not only are they not going to chop my head off for what I did, right. they're not going to court-martial me because guess what? Three days, you're a deserter, brother. Right. You're not even like, <laughs> you're not AWOL anymore. Right. You're a deserter. Right. And that is, it doesn't happen, but still punishable. It's one of the only things in the UCMJ that is still punishable by death. Mm-hmm. And instead of killing him, right. <laughs> we cared. Right. We talked right. to him. We got him some help. We got him through it. And he was mine that whole next deployment. Mm-hmm. And I kept an eye on him. Right. And, but it turned into a joke. Like, Meryl, you're not, oh, guy, you're not going <laughs> to, spoiler, you're not going to draw any pictures of yourself and leave them in your bunk, are you? Right. <laughs> He's like, no, Sergeant, we're good. I'm like, all right. It was funny. Right. You know, and I used to hit a large cranium. <laughs> Child had a large cranium. Yeah. And I, that was my biggest thing when he came back. I told him, I said, you know, I knew that wasn't you because you didn't draw the head big enough. <laughs> Otherwise, otherwise, I would have been really, I would have been in there right now, so trying to wake you. <laughs> but he had buy-in now, yes, and he really cared about the mission, right, right, because he knew that you really cared about him. All the leadership really cared, and it, you know, that kind of buy-in when they know you care about you mm-hmm. will take people who don't like being shot at, right, and make them want to go get shot at with you, <laughs> right. But it's. It's a small example of how you care about the preservation of that person. And so if you, you, 
you care about my preservation just being out of my room where I normally am. Right. When I go to a whole other country where people are going to be trying to hurt all of us, you have already proven that at the smallest level you care. So of course, when we take it to this giant, you know, macro example, you're going to do your best to protect me and put me in, you know, positions that I can overcome. Right. And, you know, I mean, think about contrarily, had we all taken the approach that we're in charge. Right. Okay. And, and everyone's, you know, so they're like, oh, well, that's just one guy. No, it's not. Look, if he comes back right. and we drop the punishment hammer, mm -hmm. we send him to jail for going, for being a deserter. And he's got to spend right. six months in RCF sitting there. And that's not a fun place to be. No. Um, what what's the takeaway for the entirety for any other kid sitting there scared right and rightfully so right they're gonna go i'm stuck right i have no option i'm screwed i can't say anything to anybody that i'm scared i have there's no possibility of there being a solution to make me feel better because you know i can't i can't talk i can't go i can't <laughs> right and we've talked about that feeling of stuck on other shows yes I mean, there's a lot of causations for it, but when you've got someone who's in charge versus accountable, mm -hmm. you'll start feeling stuck really quick. Yes. And if that bleeds into your entire organization, you know, you, you think, okay, if 10 kids felt the same way as this guy, mm -hmm. but they're in four different platoons, you've just infected your entire company. Mm -hmm. well, what if he's got friends in other companies? Right. Now you're infecting the whole battalion. What if you knew somebody in 296? Well, hell, now the whole brigade's infected. Right. They think that it's a toxic leadership environment because you were in charge. Right. It was more important to, to remain in charge than it was to humble yourself a little bit and care about a human being. Mm -hmm. And so you've just destroyed continuity. You've taken away any real leadership base you're ever going to have with these folks. Right. And your morale has just completely dropped out. And when you have a bunch of people with bad attitudes it's really hard <laughs> to lead them in any way. And, you know, it's, it's, there's countless examples, you know, it's, I remember one that was, had to do with both of us. You know, we had a kiddo who she was a brand new baby. Right. And so was not enrolled in the military, like tracking system for insurance. Yet. She has, she's covered cause she's ours. Right. But they have a tracking system called deers that she wasn't in that system yet. Right. And she got really sick. Mm-hmm. And for three nights, they couldn't admit her because yeah. she wasn't in this magic system, right. but they could do urgent care. Mm -hmm. So for three nights, you took her back. I'm on the trail as a drill sergeant. Right. So my schedule sucks. Right. <laughs> and so for three nights, you've got three kiddos and one of them is getting IVs every night mm -hmm. to keep her ticket. Right. Just to try and figure out what's going on with her. And I was never late. During that time frame, I never missed a hard time for work. I was always on time mm -hmm. at 4.30. I'm turning the lights on, but it started to wear on me. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget. I'll give him a shout out. Todd Svensson yeah. was my sergeant major and arguably one of the greatest leaders I've ever served with. Mm -hmm. Todd Svensson was at a range with us. And he looked at me. He's like, you look exhausted, Crutcher. What's up? And I just briefly explained the frustration. Right. But being, you know. Mm -hmm. An NCO at that time, having been in the military for a hot minute, I get it. These are rules. It sucks, but it is what it is. Right. 
And he just said, yeah, brother, that sucks. Mm -hmm. That's all it was. <laughs> he left the range. Later that day, some soldiers had to go. They were at the hospital. I go pick him up. Mm -hmm. On my way to pick him up, Todd Spinson calls my cell phone. Like, he's my sergeant major. I'm a staff sergeant at the time. Right. So he's echelons above me, mm -hmm. but just a really good human being and an accountable leader. Mm -hmm. And without even discussing it with me, he had called the sergeant major of the hospital and told me I have a meeting with him <laughs> yep. to tell him what's going This man reached out to another sergeant major in charge of a whole different subset of the installation mm -hmm. and said, this is unacceptable. I'm sending the soldier to you. And the other sergeant major who doesn't know me from Adam, right. also a carrying accountable leader goes bring it on right right send him over we're gonna get this taken care of and in a five minute meeting with that gentleman i left and our kiddo was taken care of after that right no questions asked she got exactly the care she needed without having to strain the family right yeah. and it took a phone call <laughs> and it took an accountable leader going what's up right not hey quit dragging ass right <laughs> why do you look so tired these right. soldiers are looking up to you which is what an in-charge leader would have done. Mm -hmm. But an accountable leader goes, what's up, dude? You all right? Right. Well, because you were exhausted. I wasn't taking her to the hospital because the doctor that was treating her didn't even start his shift until nine. Right. And so we had to be there for a couple hours each night. So so I would leave the company and right. come straight to the hospital. Right. So my day started at 3.30, you know, and you were still nursing. So you were up all night. Right. It was, yeah. it was wearing on us. Yes. Yeah. She was tiny. She was only like six or eight weeks old at that point. So not only, you know, when you have a new baby, you're scared anyway. Right. <laughs> and then, and then they're sick and you're doubly scared. And it's just, a, it's a huge frustration. But think about this. And you feel really helpless to begin with. That was 11 years ago. Right. <laughs> 11 years ago. So over a decade. And I still think Todd P. Spinson is a demigod. Yeah. He's a great human being. Yes. I do too. Like he's he's a legacy in our family. Right. Because he was an accountable leader. Yes. And the really the reality is look, he he probably mitigated or could have possibly mitigated something getting worse. Mm -hmm. Because those hours are miserable. Right. Let me catch a staff duty in there somewhere. Right. <laughs> and now I'm there for 36 hours mm -hmm. and I crash my car on the way home because I fall asleep. Right. You know, you count Name it. Anything right. could have happened right. to make it All worse. All kinds of possibilities. But because he knows he's accountable for the soldiers in his formation, mm -hmm. he does what he can to help mitigate things getting worse for people. It's not it's not that difficult. No. And it, yet people just refuse to do it. Right. But it, it does take some effort. It takes the ability to listen, to problem solve, to have, you know, some some sympathy, some compassion for people. And and those are skills that you have to work at if you are not naturally that kind of person. But leaders should have that. If you have been put in a position of leadership, you should have been developing that along the way. And the reality is, look, we, we're using attendance as an example because it's such a common thing. But, you know, it touches so many facets of someone's life. Like, problems are why they're not there. Mm-hmm. It's never because, rarely, I won't say never, but it's rarely because it's sunny for the first time in spring. <laughs> right. Sometimes that happens. Right. I'm not going to say that doesn't happen. And when that happens, you know why they're not there. You <laughs> but it it's usually because something's wrong. Right. And so if they don't feel comfortable 
that you're going to at least be human with them mm -hmm. when things are bad in their life. Why are they ever going to tell you if a new system isn't working right. or if, you know, they're losing their power, your power base because everyone's seen something like they're not going to share anything with you. No. If they feel like even at their worst, you don't care. Right. Like as a leader, that's the one time universally you should care. <laughs> I mean, there's been soldiers and folks that I had work with me that, man, just, you know, a rough <laughs> one to be around, right. you know, <laughs> yeah, not, not what you call an apex predator, just really <laughs> constantly pushing cooks, but getting a straight line. Mm -hmm. But if the bottom falls out on them, no matter what issues, like I've had soldiers I was kicking out. Right. Like they had done things bad enough to get kicked out. And when at that time, when I was really dropping the hammer on folks, mm -hmm. everyone around me was doing bad things. Right. Yes. I was. That was the group. Right. And we're not <laughs> talking like, you know, they don't show up. We're talking like drugs and larceny and fraud, like right. real crimes, real crime, real consequences. Real and I had issues. a couple of them who in the midst of their legal proceedings mm -hmm. had a really drastic life altering event happen. Mm -hmm. Well, Hey, as a leader, guess what? You can't begrudge them the things that are going on. Okay. You can't be like, Hey, that's karma sucks to be you. You can, <laughs> if you're in charge, that's what you're going to do. Right. But if you're accountable, cause look, if, if things go sideways and they end up taking their own life, that's your fault, homie. Right. That's you, your fault. There, there was an opportunity for intervention. Had you been accountable when the, the bottom fell out of their life, you could have gone, Hey, I know we got this thing going on. Come in here and talk to me. What can we do to help? Right. As a, as a leader, you're a resource. Okay. Right. You're not a dictator. This isn't a tyrannical dictatorship no. where you crack the whip and say, go, this isn't Egypt for goodness sakes. And if it was, right. you get the pyramids done quicker if they want to do the work, man. <laughs> one, one dynasty could have knocked it out like that. Had they just been right. accountable leaders, like, right. hey, you're not looking so hot. Maybe you should drink some water. Right. Turnover, right? Right, yeah. That's a cause of turnover in that scenario. <laughs> but in this scenario, too, mm -hmm. you know, that's a great reason for disenfranchised people to be like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Mm -hmm. Because they feel, I hate to use the word that's overused right now, but they feel oppressed. Because they know that it's your way or the highway all the time. And if that's the environment you're creating, guess what else you're doing? You're shooting yourself in the foot when it comes to innovation. Right. There will be no other ideas. If you don't care that their kid's sick, they're not going to make you look good by saying, hey, I've got a better way. Mm -hmm. They're going to take their better way to another company. Right. <laughs> and then they, they'll be the, the accountable leader over there instead of working for the in charge leader on this side. Right. But people don't think that way. No. Here's the thing, though. When it comes to accountability, we're, we're also talking about the in-state product. Mm -hmm. And in charge, people go, I said do it, and they didn't do it, and that's why it's not done. Okay. Not only is that silly, it's wrong. <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. The in-state product is your accountability. I say this all the time. Okay. It's mm -hmm. a very trite saying where I come from because everyone in the military overuses it, but it's <laughs> absolutely true. You can delegate authority, right. but not responsibility. So if I'm in charge of in charge, right. If mm -hmm. I'm accountable for getting 
30 tasks done today and I delegate those 30 tasks to 15 individuals, right. I'm still in trouble if it's not done. Right. <laughs> right. You're still responsible. And maybe you work for someone who won't hold you accountable when it's not done. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll go, really? Brenda didn't get it done. Typical Brenda. <laughs> but it's not Brenda's fault that it's not done. Because Brenda is not the leader. Brenda is not the subject matter expert on all things. Brenda is not put in a position to coach, train, and mentor people. You are. Right. So come down out of your tower for a second. Right. Go check in on Brenda with the two tasks you gave her. And when she's looking at one like it's paint by numbers and she doesn't know, have any paints or anything, right. go, oh, I'm sorry, Brenda. I didn't empower you with the paints you needed. Right. Here's what one through 10 looks like. Right. Brenda's like, oh, that makes so much more sense. Oh, Thanks. Thank you. Right. It's it typically are not really that big of a of a issue to solve. It, it hardly ever is. But you have to take the time to go find out what was the problem, how can we fix the problem, and and then there's no reason to rake someone over the coals. But what happens when you do that? You've got five Brendas, and so then a third of your work doesn't get done. Right. And you and your boss are in charge, and you're going Brendas. <laughs> and so Brenda's are going, forget this place. I'm out. Right. I'm out. Right. And so now you've got to retrain or from scratch, right. train five new people to take their spot right. when you could have mitigated the entire thing by going, oh, you don't get it. It's just like this. Right. Because you know, it's you that didn't get it done. Right. Well, and kind of going back to like the attendance thing, if you have someone that's not showing up or they're continuously late and you're just, you know, putting the black marks by their name and waiting to fire them, are you really doing yourself any favors? Because when you have to hire a new person, you have to start from ground zero and build them back up to where that person that you right. just fired was. When you could have a conversation with them and you find out their husband is sick, their child is sick, their car is broken down, They, you know, whatever the issue is, and then go, oh, maybe we can adjust your schedule. Maybe what? We, right, maybe we could, you know, do you need to go part-time for a little bit? Do you need to, I mean, there's all kinds of options. You mean give them other options besides <laughs> right. unemployment? Right, and, and the thing is, is they might say, no, no, you know, we can't do whatever, please don't. And now they're going to make every effort to be there on time. Right. You're probably not going to have those same problems with that individual because they have been shown kindness and they want to repay the kindness by doing what they said they would do. Not only that, but if they are anticipating something will be a problem, they'll give you a heads up. Right. Or if they know something now, instead of them just not being there. Right. They're going to go, oh, it's because I've got that thing and that's on Wednesday. And you go, cool. Got you on Wednesday. I'll adjust the schedule. Right. So someone's in to cover your Wednesday. Right. And you can do that three weeks out because then you've identified the problem. You're going, okay, so just let me know a couple weeks in advance and we'll make sure we work around it. Right. Simple. Right. And right. Not everything has to be, you know, a scourge on someone's name. Look, accountability is so big in the military <laughs> that it's not just for when things go bad. Right. <laughs> It's for when things go good. Right. <laughs> and prime example, okay? I'm getting promoted mm -hmm. or I'm moving on to a better, a new assignment that I'm really excited about, right? Right. Good news for me. That's good news for me. Right. The organization I'm leaving goes, okay, we're going to fill your gap with this new person. Mm -hmm. And this new person, about 80% of the time is going to be the same rank as you. Right. Okay, cool. 
So we're moving someone into a career progressing position mm -hmm. because you're going on to a career progressing. Everyone's going up, right? There's right. upwards movement for everyone. And they know the same stuff you know. But because we hold each other accountable, we have a little magic thing called like a continuity book <laughs> that we leave for the new guy. For the new person. <laughs> Even though we have the same skill set, right. we're the same level leader, right. we do the same job. <laughs> I'm going to leave you a magic book with right. all the things I've discovered about these glorious individuals that you're about to lead, right. how we do things. Right where everything's at, what works, <laughs> what doesn't, what's broken, what's on order, everything. Right. So that when you move into that, all you've got to do is be an accountable leader. Mm -hmm. You've got the cheat codes right in front of you right. because the other accountable leader left them behind because <laughs> we know even though those soldiers aren't in our charge anymore, right. we're still accountable for their future success. Right. Right. And you want them to succeed. And when you've got an organization that does that across the board, right. Now, I'm not saying there's not in charge leaders in the army. Oh, of course not. Of course I mean, there are. There's gonna be, but, they're going to be everywhere. Man, they wear their red letter. Like, no <laughs> one likes them. Right. Their soldiers don't like them. Their peers don't like them. Their superiors don't like them. And they don't last. No. They're never going to be senior non-commissioned officers. No. Very, very rarely. Right. And if they do make it to that level, I can tell you from personal experience that the senior non-commissioned officer ranks are the most ruthless ranks in the army. <laughs> Now you want to talk about like blunt force trauma level accountability, right? Suck around one of us. <laughs> we'll dine you out in front of everybody. everybody. We don't care because we hold ourselves accountable. Right. You're not going to make us look bad right. because you suck. Right. <laughs> right. But look, that's another result of being an accountable leader mm -hmm. is you hold your peers accountable. Right. You're so worried about it looking good and being right that you're not going to let the left and right ones fail either. Right. And when an entire organization thinks of things on that level, guess what? They do big things like, you know, win the second world war. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it, it elevates everyone and it, it encourages people to stay. And, you know, it inspired leaders inspire greatness, mm -hmm. you know, and if you're an accountable leader, you're going to be an inspired person. You're going to care. You're going to go after every task that you're given accountability and responsibility over 110% and your people are going to see that mm -hmm. and they're going to chase that same level of greatness. Right. Right. Because that, that is the standard that's set. Look, great leaders get mad when their accountability is taken from them. That's true. And I, I'll give a, a historical example. Okay. I'll, I'll cross the, the crayon line real quick and talk about a Marine. But he was a great <laughs> man named Lewis Burwell Puller more affectionately known as Chesty Puller. Mm -hmm. Quick story. Amazing Marine, right? right? I won't go into how he got in the Marines. Look it up. He was asthmatic. Did a little fibbing. Anyway, <laughs> great Marine becomes an officer. Right. Does some good stuff in World War II. Ends up part of the invading force of Korea, right? In that Korean conflict, he gets wounded. Mm -hmm. He gets sent back home and ends up working for someone in D.C. The entire time, he's lobbying to go back to the front right. to lead his Marines. He's an infantry Marine. He wants to lead Marines in combat. He is accountable for their success. He is mad that he's there because he's not with them because they're going through hardships and he's not with them. Right. That's how serious he took this level of accountability. Mm -hmm. That's how serious that beachhead was to him, the success for his nation and those Marines there. Right. For too long, 
They said, no, 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 no. This man, and I'm not recommending you do what he did next, <laughs> but this man, so accountable to the Marines he left back there in Korea, wants to get back to them so badly, he pees in the coffee of the general he's working for. <laughs> and they're like, get out back to the front. And he's like, thank you. Thank you. And he goes back and does great things in Korea. Right. That, I mean, that's how serious it is. Right. If you don't, and the thing is like, you can hear me get excited because like, that's, <laughs> right. that's what you want, man. Right. As the doer, those Marines, when he came back, demigod. Yes. And he still got stitches right. from getting wounded. And he's like, I'm back, you know? Right. right. That's what you want to see. Yeah. Because he knew in his soul, he felt responsible if they were losing without him. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, I could do it if I was there. It was, I want to get there so I can help. The in-charge leader is going to go, well, it's because I wasn't involved. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> the accountable, responsible leader knows is because you can help them. Mm -hmm. So it's not that your right. influence is so great. It's not because you have better ideas than the people on the ground. It's because you want to help. Right. The desire You to don't help. get wounded <laughs> without getting in the mix. Right. <laughs> and so that's, you know... It's a much different environment. Yes, it is. And to this day, that man is a legend. Oh, yes. There's three yes. Marines that everyone who's ever been near a Marine Corps installation can tell you about. Ophame <laughs> Johnson, Archibald Henderson, and Lewis Burwell Puller. <laughs> Every single one. And there's a bunch of people going, yep, right now. <laughs> because those are the three off the top of your head. You can spit their names. Right. <laughs> Why? Because they were accountable. Because they did what was expected and they made sure they took care of their people. Mm -hmm. And you will, you know, just like the Todd Peace Finsons of the world, you'll be a legend. Yes. People will talk about your simple act 11 years later. Right. You will change lives for the better. And that's the thing, I think, in that sentence, it's just, it's the simple act. That, that that's all that it takes. Right. Because look, as a leader, you know... And have resources that your people don't. Right. That's how you got to be the leader. That's why you're there. <laughs> right. <laughs> to help them. To empower them. To be accountable and responsible. Right. right. Probably a good place to end it, yeah? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, good show. Yes. And we hope you enjoy. Bye. There you have it, folks. That was the show. Again, like I said at the top, wildly different impacts from those two sayings. So if you find yourself, if you listen to that and you go, man, I have a tendency to be in charge. Or if you are a leader that uh, delegates authority and you put someone in charge, maybe, maybe tweak the verbiage next time and say, hey, you're accountable for this or you're responsible for this. Uh, and just see, you know, I, I would be willing to bet you're going to get a different result, especially if you've got that leader who sometimes, you know, they get a little tyrannical in their approach. Maybe you'll, you'll get a different result out of that person. So I appreciate you guys listening. Don't forget to go over to AboveAverageLeadership.com to read the blog. Also check out on YouTube. Uh, tons of stuff there. Also at Above Average Leadership, that's where you're going to find a uh, free download of the book. The first book is there for free. You're also going to find free resources. There's a five-day resiliency workshop on there. It's self-led, super simple stuff, but great skills to use. And you're also going to find ways to get me to come speak in person if you want. There's a speaking section, speaker request form, the whole nine. So check that out at AboveAverageLeadership.com, and I will talk to you next time.